Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are delighted to be joined by one of the most recognisable and respected voices in football, the brilliant Jeff Shreves, who will be talking to us today about the upcoming Legends of Football event on October the 3rd, which raises funds for the music therapy charity Nordoff Robbins. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. How are you and uh, whereabouts in the world are you joining us from? Hi, Daniel. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. And you find me, I'm currently at my home in Hertfordshire, although I'm about to go into London this afternoon. Um, so we are still just over two weeks away from the start of the football season. So most clubs are back from their pre-season tours. So I'm just starting to gear up and get ready for the season. But at the same time, we're in full swing in terms of getting legends of football ready for our event this year. Fantastic. I mean, for those who uh, may not be familiar with Legends of Football, can you give us a kind of brief overview as to what the event is and how it's connected to Nordoff Robbins? And also, and also a little bit about your, your history with the event and your involvement in it. Yeah, sure. Um, to be honest with you, um, fun enough, I've, I've just uh, done a book, quick plug coming up here. Cheers, Jeff, comes out in October. Um, shameless self-publicity there. <laughs> and when I was re- I was reflecting back, I actually dedicated an entire chapter in the book to Legends of Football because it's been such a big part of my life. And I think I could probably say, although I'm very proud of lots of things that I've been lucky enough to be involved in in broadcasting, Legend, Legends of Football is probably, outside of my family, is probably my greatest uh, source of pride uh, and the achievement I'm most proud of because it, it, it's just an incredible thing that I've been involved with now for over two decades. I think I'm about 23 or 24 years, something like that. And the history of the event is it all started way back in the early 90s when the record retailing um, sector and HMV, they were the biggest retailers in the country. They were having something of a crisis of, of, of conscience where Nordoff Robbins were concerned. Now, those who don't know, Nordoff Robbins is a music therapy charity which does incredible work. And in many, many ways, it really is the music industry's chosen charity. It's well known by everybody in the industry. Artists, uh, labels, everybody supports it wherever they can. And so... Three executives from HMV, led by Brian McLaughlin, who's later going to be their chairman, they went to a bog-standard football dinner at Enfield Town Football Club. It was an enjoyable evening, raised a few bob. They said, well, look, why don't we do something similar to this and we'll give the funds to Nordoff Robbins, whatever we raise. So they dipped their toe in the water and they hired the Grosvenor House Hotel. They hired Jim, the great Jimmy Greaves as a speaker, but they were nervous. So they partitioned off half of the great room and only had it for 500 so they didn't lose too much money if it didn't go well. Well, fast forward to where we are now, and every year at the dinner we honour somebody who has achieved great things in football. They're the guest of honour. Started with the likes of the great John Charles, Stanley Matthews, and then we go right through Bobby Charlton, and then we've had Alex Ferguson, we've had Eric Cantona, we've had Pele, we've had Shearer, we've had Lampard, we've had Wenger, we've had Steven Gerrard, you name it, Teddy Sheeran, 
we've had so many of the greats of football. We also celebrated things like the players that made 500 appearances for the Premier League, best ever goal scored in the Premier League, which was by Robin Van Persie. And to date, we have raised and donated to Nordoff Robbins in excess of £8 million. So, put very simply, it's a football dinner once a year, but with lots of entertainment, and we have music, musical entertainment on the night. We've had the likes of Russell Watson, Mick, Mick Hucknall, had uh, the Stereophonics, we've had Rudimental, uh, we had Roger Daltrey. Um, so we've had people like that always support us as well. So it's basically music meets football. And the room is full of people from the music industry and artists themselves and people from the world of football. And that's, we raise funds, we're entirely not-for-profit and it all goes to Nordic Roberts. Amazing. Um, I mean, what was your first uh, sort of response when you got involved with Nordoff Robbins and you saw the work that was being done there? Because I think it's one of those things that uh, until you've either witnessed or heard, you know, first-hand accounts of the work that they, they do and, and the impact it has on people's lives, it's quite hard to, uh, I think for some people, particularly if you're not from the music industry or, or you're not, you know, uh, from the music world, it can almost seem like a little bit of a strange idea, this idea of music therapy. It's kind of, well, what does that entail? What does it, what difference does that make to people? What was your first experience of, of seeing and hearing about the work that it does? I agree with you. It's sometimes it's difficult to understand the, the concept of why music therapy would help. The simplest way I can put it is that we help all sort of North of Robbins, who are a wonderful organisation. Um, they help support a whole variety of people who are disadvantaged in life. You know, they can be autistic, they can have dementia, they could be uh, suffering depression, they could be coming back from a serious brain injury. So it's not one thing that, that it specifically treats. But how, how it works, I would describe it as this music reaches people where they were unable to communicate elsewhere so, for instance, you focus on autism. Autistic children very often are unable. Socially, they don't engage. They don't make eye contact. They don't. A lot of them are non-verbal. So, realistically, they are cut off from life. So, you know, whatever efforts the parents make, or the helpers, or it, it, they are in their own little bubble. Now, the extraordinary work of Nordoff Robbins found that literally, it was by accident, by tapping a spoon one day, and this is back in the 50s, a child just, you know, say you were sat there now with your pen, like I'm now, and I'm. Somebody idly did that, and a child who previously had never communicated with the outside world picked something up and repeated that pattern back. Now, that child has made contact for the first time ever. So it's a eureka moment. And they've just extend. They've taken that principle and extended it. And I've seen with my own eyes, and it's to be honest with you, it makes the hairs on my neck stand up now. It's just extraordinary the breakthrough you see. Well, for instance, jumping ahead this year, we took uh, Gareth Southgate, who's our recipient this year, to the centre in Highgate. There's a young boy called Billy, uh, aged about eighteen. When he arrived with his mum, very shy, no contact, no eye contact. Um, 
very, very difficult situation. He went in a room and with his therapist and Gareth was playing the drums, this boy is transformed as a person. If you said to me, is that the same boy you saw outside? I wouldn't have believed you. Outgoing, rhythmic, uh, joining in, singing, releasing emotion. Incredible, absolutely incredible. I've seen videos of um, a young child walking around with a music, well, it's an old-fashioned stereo on her shoulder, aged 11, 11 or 12, and she's she's got this on her shoulder, and she's screaming, and, and it's on full volume, and she's screaming at full volume. And what she's trying to do, because, again, this is just this particular individual had autism, she's trying to block out the noise that she hears. It's like white noise. So you imagine having deafening like a road drill in your head 24-7. It's horrendous. You're trying to block that out. So it's horrendous for her, horrendous for her family. The whole situation is a serious situation. Six months later, you see the same girl playing the violin. It's just extraordinary, the power. For instance, I didn't know um, dementia, um, the one part of the brain that isn't, affected by dementia, is music. So it could be your nan, who, unfortunately, she's with us in body now, but not in spirit. She can't engage. That doesn't know, doesn't recognise people, can't remember what happened, and your basics. And then you take her to one of these sessions, and they start playing all the old songs she used to sing with her friends. She'll know every single word, and she'll join in with it. It's absolutely staggering. It's absolutely staggering. And the other thing, Dan, I don't know about you, um, but music is a great um, lifter of mood. It's a, re- it's, a, it's a conduit. It's a conductor. On the rare occasion when I go to the gym, which is, as you can see, nowhere near often enough, if I have to get on a treadmill or whatever, God, it's so boring, so dull. You go in there, though, and you've got a track you've heard or you, there's some music you're keenly it can power you through, it can absolutely power through, and it gives you such a lift as well. So all we try to do with our event every year is we try and raise as much money as possible to support those works, and we are very, very grateful to the world of football for coming to the table with us and also the world of music for embracing us. So we all come together. And uh, hopefully we continue to support that work. Yeah, I mean it, it's it is absolutely remarkable. Um, and yeah, you hear those stories, and as you said, it, it, it makes the hairs on your neck stand on end. It's some it's really inspiring and, and really powerful stuff. Um, and I was wondering how you know you mentioned uh, Gareth Gareth Southgate um, going along and and, and meeting. Uh, this autistic child I was and I was wondering how you find it when you see people like him and you know the various recipients of le- uh, you know the kind of legend of legends of football honor uh, that you give out every year when these when these whether it's players managers ex-players come along and either sit in on a session or they meet someone who has received music therapy do you see the kind of surprise in them every time is is that something that's quite inspirational as well when you see people that have never previously kind of given thought to the idea of music therapy come along and be blown away by what's happening absolutely a quick clarification i'm i wouldn't necessarily i'm not certain that billy's condition is autism i couldn't actually name his condition um but yeah it's it's been it's staggering and like most people 
um, they don't know because Nordoff Robbins is a particular title. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't do what it says on the tin. It's not like Cancer Research or the British Heart Foundation, where people know what it does. Nordoff Robbins does need explaining. But when I I look back, I think of Pele when he came along. Now Pele is a very talented musician, and he had uh, like a little ukulele. He joined in, and he was able to play as well, which wow. was just to see the back and forth. Yeah. was inc- absolutely incredible. Um, Arsene Wenger, who's not a demonstrably emotional man, he couldn't. He could not get over it. He couldn't get over it at all. But he understood the power of music and music and dancing and emotion. I remember Frank Lampard. He went along, and there was a young girl, Maggie, will correct me. Who's not Betty? Yeah, it was Betty. Now, this girl and Frank said, and I just saw them right now, Frank, by his own admission, is not particularly musical and is not a great singer. But he got carried along by Betty, and he said it afterwards. And this young girl's about, she was, I think she's five or six, maybe a little bit older at the time. He said she not only lit up the room, she took control of the room. And I... Um, Betsy, not Betty, Betsy, apologies. And Betsy took control of the room and she took Frank on the journey. So instead of the therapist taking Betsy on the journey, Betsy took Frank on the journey. It, and he was absolutely blown away by it. Absolutely blown away by it. Same with Stephen Gerrard when he came to the centre as well. Absolutely loved it. Oh, I forgot to mention, Lightning Seeds played for us as well. I forgot them. They played for Gerrard's year, which is great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they are they are particularly, if you like, humbled by it, and also they understand it. Um, Gareth himself, he was amazed by it, absolutely amazed by what it does and how it works. And once they see that, the recipients then they want to get on board. They want to do as much as they can, and they want to try and help support the cause too. And and is that something you you think will kind of continue to grow? I know it's been going for I think it's twenty five years, almost twenty five years now. Legends of football. Um, do you think that connection between the music industry and the football industry can kind of continue to to grow even closer and and kind of help you know kind of help each other out in that way? Well, you think that Dan, it's all it's always been there. There's always been a connection between football and music. You think most most footballers like music. And most musicians like football. You, you've interviewed loads of uh, artists. And quite often when they see you or the music media, you know, it's a slot. They're talking about the latest album. And understandably, it's a little bit by rote. In my job, my day job with Sky Sports, over the years, I've, I've interviewed lo- tons of musicians, loads and loads and loads. And because they're talking about something they love, all of a sudden they become even more uh, engaged. If you and they can't wait to talk about it, it's a release from them from talking about their day job. Because ultimately, their day job is music; it's their job. I know it's crazy, uh, and the same goes the other way around. You get you see footballers now talking about music and who they like, etc. There's it's always been a massive connection. You know, I'm always, when the players arrive and they're wearing the headphones, 
Certain players use it to, to calm, others use it to get themselves upbeat. We know that in the dressing room, there's always a music box or a speaker, um, and the playlist is important. It's, it, I've, I've spoken to managers and players where, and all top clubs have a, a psychologist as well, they will have half an eye, or it's probably the wrong expression, half an ear, on what is being played. So it's, it's normally decided amongst the players themselves, but they'll, have, they'll make sure it's right in terms of lifting everybody and getting everybody in the right frame of mind. Or they might need to check it's not too downbeat and they're not sharp for kickoff. Yeah, that's fascinating. And um, I guess uh, be- before we finish, we should... Um we should just give a quick mention to uh, to Gareth Southgate. And um, I was just wondering if you had a few words for how fitting it is this year for him to be the recipient of the, uh, you know, Legends of Football honour, you know, being a World Cup year and, uh, you know, what he achieved last summer. You know, what 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 words would you have for uh, for his inauguration to uh, Legends of Football this year? Well, before, before I talk about Gareth, um, if I could just tell you what we've got coming up on the night. And obviously... Mm. Gareth is a, a, a huge part of the evening. So my co-host in the evening will be ITV and Talk Sports, Laura Woods. Um, and then we have the comedian, Maisie Adam, who's done loads and loads on English football on the England team. So she's really, really well known. Delighted to say that James Bay will be performing as well. We also have, and I can't, I can't name the individual because they are in tournament and it'd be even better. She's already achieved great things in the game, but we have a lioness who we are the first time ever. We're having a female recipient on the night who will be receiving an award exactly the same as Gareth Southgate, but we don't want to name her until they finished camp. Now I would love the thought of welcoming to the stage Euro 22 winner. Mm. That would be brilliant, but I I can't control that, but I'd love them to do well and also we have a, a live auction on the night some big ticket items and this year we've got now I know that Headliner is a massive publication with huge resources in terms of expenses and entertainment <laughs> one of the items we've got um, the FA have given us the pitch at Wembley so two teams can bid to play at Wembley wow. which is a you know Premier League are great supporters of ours over the years we've We've had teams play at the Emirates, Stamford Bridge, uh, Crystal Palace, Anfield. So, you know, that's the sort of thing we get. So, so that's available. In terms of Gareth himself, first and foremost, I'd have to tell you, he was initially a reluctant recipient. He said, why? He said, I had a, a relatively modest playing career. And also, as England manager, I haven't won anything, which is typical Gareth. And then I said, well, it, it, the feeling amongst our committee uh, and all our supporters was, well, he's actually the only manager who's ever taken us to two semifinals and a final. He's only bettered by Sir Alfred Ramsey, who won the World Cup in 1966. But it's not just how far, and of course we would love him to take the ultimate step and to win a trophy, and he knows that, and that, of course, that is his aim as well. But it's very important to say that this, this award is also not just in recognition of how he has re-energised and after a fairly low point uh, with the England team, you know, there was that unfortunate loss to Iceland in the, in the Euros. 
He's galvanised them. He's also, in terms of, I think he's made the team far more identifiable, approachable, and he's reconnected with the fans. And I know the players themselves. Perhaps the the shirt is just that little bit lighter to wear. Because there was a period where we were going through, England players were playing, it wasn't going well. They were getting incredible criticism in the press. And I think a lot of them were thinking, do you know what? I'm just not enjoying this. I'm really not enjoying this. I think Gareth, and that has been, we've seen the, the fruits of his thought process, him making it more inclusive, more of a broad church, and also being a good football coach as well. That's why the results have improved to get to, you know, semi-final of the World Cup. And I mean, if we only ever celebrated people who had won the trophy, then come on. Mm. It's, of course, we'd love him to win a trophy, but it's everything he's done in and around the England team, which is why we're recognising him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, it, you know, it sounds like it's going to be a fantastic evening. Um, and, you know, we you know wish you all the best with, uh, you know, fundraising on the night and, uh, you know, just all... And, and, and all of the brilliant work that, that Nordoff Robbins continues to do, whether it be through Legends of Football or the Silver Clef Awards, uh, you know, a few weeks back now, uh, you know, it's, it, it is just such a fantastic cause. Um, and it's brilliant to see so much amazing work still going on around it. Um, so, you know, thank you for, for taking some time to, to chat to us about it. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Anytime, Dan, anything you want. And um, make sure you come along on the night. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.